Hello, this is Gary Hutchins with the Sunny Slope Church of Christ in Omaha, Nebraska. This is today's Bible class, a short Bible study every single day, seven days a week, usually about 13, 14 minutes long. But it keeps us in God's Word, and that helps keep us focused on our faith, because faith comes by hearing the Word of God, Romans 10 and verse 17. It also helps keep us focused on our relationship with God and upon our soul's salvation or lack thereof and helps us to have a better frame frame of mind to be able to deal with life every day. And life throws a lot at us. We encourage you always to share these studies with everybody you can through Facebook friends, text messages, and other technological means. You know people in your life who need to grow in their faith, who need to come closer to God, who need to start thinking about their soul salvation. Help them by getting them into God's word through these studies every single day. Make that commitment today. We're going to begin a new line of thought and study. We're going to talk about something that I think everybody should be thinking about on a regular basis in their lives, especially if they claim to believe in God and in Christ. But you know, we, we face so much in life in this world, it's challenging. A lot of people, they wonder why certain things happen, bad things in their lives, negatives, things that can really affect their lives in a negative way for a long time to come, maybe for the rest of their lives. They wonder, why'd that happen to me? Well, bottom line, that's life in this world. That's physical life in this physical world. Things happen. Now, that's not trying to be flippant. It's not trying to, you know, just discount anything that would be negative that would happen to an individual. It's just the reality of the matter. We need to understand that. So how do we deal with the negatives that face us in life? A lot of people try to think of all, a whole lot of different ways to do that. We buy insurance policies of various kinds, life insurance, medical insurance, car insurance, insurance in our home, and so on, and other insurance policies as well. But ultimately, we're still focusing, by doing those things, we're still focusing on the physical, on our physical existence in a physical world. What about beyond that? What about more all-encompassing than any one of those individual things? We may put up, we may put up uh, you know, cameras around our house as security measure, but again, that's still physical. We need, bottom line, we need God's grace. We need God's grace. Now, how do you define grace, or how do you put it into words? It's very difficult, very difficult. We try to figure out ways to express the grace of God in terms to which we can relate, we can understand, that makes sense to us. But I don't know that we can ever get to the point where we fully say, yeah, that's it, I understand. But I think there is one particular understanding that pretty well fits the bill for us across the board, totally and in depth. But we've tried different things. Well, grace, God's grace, it's been, it's been identified or, or defined as God's unmerited favor, his loving kindness toward man. That says a lot. And that is, you know, a, a fairly accurate Try, trying to, you know, analysis, trying to analyze what grace, God's grace really is. God's unmerited favor. What does that mean? 
It means we cannot earn God's grace. God extends his grace to us in various ways on his terms. We can't earn it. We cannot obligate him to be gracious toward us. But he's gracious anyway, in a lot of ways. Even people who think, well, they don't have a whole lot of belief in God, or maybe they don't think they believe in God at all, God is still gracious. And his grace still is exhibited upon even those individuals. The scriptures tell us that he causes the sun to rise and the rain to fall and the just and the unjust. Well, see, even the unjust, they are recipients, whether they realize it or not, at least to some extent and in some ways of God's grace. It's also described as God's loving kindness toward man. And, and again, it's difficult for us to really fully wrap our minds around God's loving kindness toward us, even, even in the face of and reality of having to deal with the negatives in life. Here, here's one that I think is really good. God's riches at Christ's expense. Hmm. And I want us to focus on that in just a moment just a moment. God's riches at Christ's expense. All God, no me, is another way of putting it. Trying to understand. But when we're really trying to fathom, trying to fully understand and thereby appreciate God's grace, it's very difficult because it is God's grace. It's not something that we can look at and break down in, in some kind of formulaic way and say, you know, it's this, 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 but we, we try to come up with expressions, with, with, with words of, of, of identity to the best that we can figure of what God's grace is and what it means to us and how he exhibits to us. God's riches at Christ's expense. I think that's really good. And I also think it's good, all God, no me. Because again, I cannot earn God's grace. I cannot obligate God to be gracious toward me. Someone has put it this way. Justice is getting what you deserve. We talk about justice in our legal system, don't we? Sometimes we talk about justice from a, philosoph a philosophical pers uh, perspective. Someone getting what they deserve in life because of how they have lived their life. Mercy is not getting what you deserve. So someone is arrested for some particular crime, let's say they go before a court of law and they are judged and we say that's justice. They're getting what they deserved for what they did. Mercy, however, is not getting what you deserve. Mercy, no, going to let you off the hook. I'm going to kind of wipe the slate clean here. Don't worry about it. We're just going to close out that particular account. Mercy is not getting what you deserve. And so maybe the person goes before the court of law and he's guilty. And the judge says, I'm going to give you full acquittal. I'm going to put you on probation. You're not going to have to serve any time. Well, what is grace then? Grace is receiving good or goodness from God that you don't deserve. So justice is getting what you deserve. Mercy is not getting what you deserve. Grace is receiving good from God that you don't deserve. You don't deserve it, but God bestows it upon you anyway. And really, 
this is an understanding that would apply to every single one of us. We do not deserve God's grace, but God bestows his grace upon us anyway. And especially when you think of the fact that we commit sin, many people live a lifestyle of sin, but God still bestows grace upon them. And many of those people who live a lifestyle of sin, somehow they come to a point where they recognize how wrong they are, how bad they've been, how unjust, and then they turn to God through Jesus Christ. They're baptized. Their sins are washed away. Now, they can remember a whole lot of the awful, evil, heinous things that they've done, but God still loves them, and he's forgiven them. He's wiped the slate clean. They, did, they received good, goodness, blessing from God that they did not deserve. Now, the, perhaps the most fundamental expression of God's grace And we go back to that particular description that says, God's grace at Christ's expense. I really like that statement. But let's boil it down a little bit further. In fact, let's make it very succinct. Perhaps the most fundamental expression of God's grace is simply Jesus Christ. Simply Jesus Christ. In the most visible way, Christ is the personification, the fulfillment of God's grace. When you think about all of the ways and all of the times and the purpose for which God exhibits his grace toward us, how? What's the most again, the most profound evidence or statement of God's grace, I think we have to come away and say, Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. What is that perhaps most familiar verse of Scripture in the entire Bible? What does it say? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whoever believes in him should not, should not perish, but should have eternal life. God's grace. Jesus Christ. God's grace. And, and how did the Apostle Paul put it in Romans chapter 5 and verse 8? God demonstrates his own love toward us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Christ died for us. God's grace, Jesus Christ. What a statement. What a demonstration of God's grace. And when we say he died for us, why did he die for us? Because we were lost in our sins. We were dead spiritually. And there was no way out for us. But God loved us, loves us so much that he sent his son to the cross to die for us. And Hebrews 2 and verse 9 says, We see Jesus, who was made a little lower than the angels 
for the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor, that he, by the grace of God, might taste death for everyone. He died on that cross for you and for me. Jesus Christ, God's grace. I don't know how we could summarize it, how we could identify it, how we could define it any, any better than that. Jesus Christ, God's grace. We'll dig deeper next time. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your grace. Thank you for loving us so much that by your grace, you sent your son into this world purposefully to die for us. Guide us and help us to not let your grace exhibited in that way go unfulfilled. Praise be to you, Father. Please forgive us and hear our prayer. In Jesus' name, amen.